Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Good evening, everybody. I trust that you're well. Welcome to Wealth and Finance Convention 2003. 23, sorry. Um, I just want us to take time and acknowledge the presence of the Spirit of God in this meeting here tonight. Father, we love you. We thank you. We honor you. You have given us light through your spirit, by your word. Even as you have ordained and commissioned this convention for the unveiling of your plan and purposes concerning the wealth and prosperity of your people. May the Spirit of God throughout this convocation grant us, empower us, energize us with the power to pursue your will and have it manifest in our lives. I trust that everyone that will be watching and participating throughout these three days will have the impact necessary to bring about a total change and transformation in their lives. David said, show us light and send us now prosperity. And we ask that you grant us the light, the power to get the wealth. Is it not that you watch over your word to perform it? Is it not that you are faithful who promised. You are the God that led Israel out with great substance, delivered them, and they left not empty-handed. And I ask that throughout the ministry that will take place in these three days, that the Spirit of God may bring forth a mighty deliverance to his people, a mighty deliverance. Grant them the favor, the blessings. Even at this time in our world, when everything is failing, the systems of this world are malfunctioning. Precious Spirit of the living God, you don't fail. You brooded over the chaos. And I ask that you may lead out your people and guide them into the inheritance, that they might go in and possess their possessions. Yes, you promised Israel that they will live in houses they did not build. 
You said that they would eat of vineyards that they did not plant. Oh, I ask that this may be true. May be true in the lives of your people. I ask, dear Father, that by your mighty power, you may make that a reality. You may make that promise a reality in the lives of God's people. That you may be glorified in our lives. That you may be glorified in us. As we minister your word, precious spirit. Let the anointing of God's spirit permeate through every life and heart participating in this convocation. We thank you for revelatory teachings that will come out by the spirit of wisdom to bless and empower your people. For the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and it addeth no sorrow. We honor you, we acknowledge you. We bless you, dear Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Good evening, beloved. I trust that you're well, you're blessed, and you're ready for Wealth Convention 2022. And I would like to remind us about why we host this gathering every year. In 2017, I was going through a period in my life I was seeking God's will, especially in the area of finances. And one night, while seeking the Lord in that way, the Spirit of God began to minister to me. And he gave me a commission to carry out toward his people. And he said, I am sending you with the word of wealth for my church to fight and combat the spirit of poverty that is ravaging many of my people in the churches. And then he said, if you would be faithful, I will use these conferences as a sword to destroy the poverty that has held many of my people bondage and liberate my people into the destiny for which I have called them. And so, since 2017, we have held these sessions under the commission of the Spirit of God. 
and and that's really how um, I don't have them with me here. I'll, I'll I'll get them for you tomorrow. That's really how I got to write the book, first book on wealth, poverty, wealth, and prosperity. It was born out of that commission, and years later, we wrote the book Grace for Wealth, and it's 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 not because we want to teach or share on this information the truth of the matter is had it not been for the lord i don't think this is a direction that i would have you know taken by my by myself but because the spirit of god thrusted me and pushed me in this direction both experientially and through the teachings and the revelations that we have shared over the years concerning the subject, we are still doing this. Because I believe with all my heart that God's people now more than ever needs to take a firm hold of the word of God regarding prosperity and wealth. It's, it's not an option. It's a must. It's it's compulsory if we are going to lead this generation of our world into the glory and reveal and manifest the glory of God. Because without prosperity, we cannot manifest in totality the glory of God. So wealth, abundance, and prosperity are essential not so that we can live a good life, even though that is part of it, but so that we can manifest and establish the purposes and the plans of God. If you study throughout the scripture, especially the exodus of God's people, you realize that one of the reasons why God did not send Israel out of Egypt without wealth was for the purpose which he revealed later. And even when he sent Moses, he said to Moses, I want you to deliver my people that they may worship me on this mountain. So when, when, when we really look at the purpose or the intention behind why God gave them wealth, it had a lot to do with the establishment of the worship order of God in the earth. So wealth is for worship. We cannot truly worship God without wealth. Worship aids in our spiritual worship of God. And that's what makes it essential. If his people are going to establish sanctuaries, are going to establish altars of worship around the world, they have to be equal to, if not greater, than the glory of the tabernacle of Moses and its furnishings. I didn't say that. God said it. God said to Moses, he said, tell the people to bring, to bring to me offerings that they may build me a sanctuary that I may live among them. So it is clear from the scripture that the idea f uh, behind wealth is to establish a, a worship or, uh, order 
and worship environment for the habitation of God. And that's why every man that has walked with God, you can study the Bible from, from right from the Garden of Eden right through the apostles in Jesus. Every man that ever worshiped God had to have wealth as a resource, as a resource for the establishment of the order of God. David was a man of war for his entire life. And at the end and toward the end of his life, he had in his heart to build God a house. Because he thought to himself, I live in such a beautiful palace, but the tabernacle, the ark of God has no place. And he decided that he was going to give God a house and God stopped him. He said, because you have shed too much blood, your son, Solomon will build me a house instead of you. And the Bible says that David gave to Solomon all the plans which he had received from the spirit for the house he wanted to build with the wealth that was required. So you really cannot separate the worship of God, the service of God, the communion with God, without including wealth. It is an essential bridge. So the Spirit of God had given us this commission to teach and make God's people aware of His plan. Because you know, where there is darkness of knowledge, the people are destroyed. We are unable to attain that which God has given us. And there are many of God's people that struggle, that have stronghold about the wealth and prosperity idea. Well, I can assure you that this is a God idea. Years ago, not, not even years ago, I think it was one of the installments of this convention that we had, the Spirit of God said, wealth, like marriage, is a God idea. But poverty, like divorce, is a man-made idea. So, so we cannot, and, and I think that's why we're so, um, we're so, we're so bound to, and loyal to poverty concepts. You'd find, especially Christians, they, they would fight you talking about wealth because they think you're talking about money, right? Wealth, even though it includes money, is not all about money. And they'd fight you over that and they'd hug you over poverty because we've been taught to fear abundance. We've been programmed to be afraid of greatness. We, we, we've, been, we've, been, we've been programmed to think that what God wants for us is the wrong thing. And until you embrace the abundant wealth and prosper, prosperous consciousness, you're really going to have a tough time materializing that reality in your life. 
Remember, the word of God is our reference point. So for everything we want in our lives, we look to the word. Because we want everything that the word gives us. We don't want anything else that the word doesn't give us. And the word does not give us poverty. It does not. The word does not give us poverty. I don't know if you think that it does. I don't know what kind of Bible you read. The word gives us choices. The word gives us options to choose whether or not we want to walk the way that leads into abundance or settle for poverty and mundanity and ordinary. We can't be ordinary. Our lives cannot be ordinary if we serve a super ordinary God. That, 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 that paradox cannot exist. So we look to the word of God to guide our thinking, to guide our mentality, to, to tell us what we can choose. And let me tell you something. If you study the word of God, if you've received the word of God enough, then wealth, prosperity, abundance, riches is what you should choose. The Bible tells us that wisdom when he calls out to man, he says, at my right hand is righteousness and my left hand are enduring riches. So to say no to wealth is to say no to wisdom. To say no to riches and prosperity is to say no to wisdom. Hence the Bible says wisdom is too high for a fool. That means only fools are poor. Because they cannot attain unto riches. Because they are fools. Simple-minded. Unable to grasp, uh, I mean, grasp the concepts necessary to live the life that God had envisioned for us. So that's why we, we have this convention to discuss and lay out the full picture that the Spirit of God wants you to have and the mentality He requires you to have. Because let me tell you, the Bible tells us that we are joint heirs with Jesus. In other words, what Jesus owns, we own. And, and I think in fact, I don't even think, I'm pretty sure that the vast majority of God's people don't believe it. They don't believe it. Because if we really believed it, we would dare to do great things. Dare to do bold things. With the consciousness that we are joint heirs with Jesus. Nothing is too good for you. That means nothing is beyond your reach. The thing that you think is beyond your reach. The life that you think is beyond your reach. My brother, it's a lie. It's not. 
Jesus said, I have come that ye might have life and have it more abundant to the fullest. And I'll tell you, I will believe the words of Jesus any day, every day, irrespective of whether that, ex that reality is an experience in my life or not. Because the problem with many people is that they, they want to experience before they believe. And it doesn't work that way. We believe, then we receive. We believe, then we receive. So until you, you are fully convinced, fully convicted of the word of the Lord to you, it's going to be difficult to live that reality. Yes. That means believe God when you are nothing, when you have nothing. Believe God when every single thing in your life does not reflect what God has promised. You believe God. You refuse to see it any other way. But you may say, I, I'm, I, 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 I would be confessing a lie. No. No. Let every man be a liar. Only God is truth. And his word is truth. Jesus said, you shall know and continue in the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Why many of God's people living in bondage? Why many God's people living contrast to the ideals of God for them? It's because they are living a lie. It's because they are holding on to lies. And every lie you, you accept is a delay in living in the reality of God. And I think the Spirit of God wants to annihilate and abolish the lies that have been programmed inside you over these years concerning abundance, prosperity, and wealth. And you need to get comfortable with hearing these words. Because some people, some people get uncomfortable when they hear these words. You need to get comfortable. I believe in prosperity. I believe in wealth. I believe in abundance. I believe, I believe, whatever you find. Nobody can convince me otherwise. You cannot convince me that living below my means, living without needs, necessities is a good thing. How can it be good? You cannot convince me that living the best, eating the best, wearing the best is not a good thing. Driving the best is not a good thing. You can't convince me. Because the God whom I serve dresses, arrays his own streets with gold. The very thing that man is chasing after, God has made it streetwear. You can't convince me otherwise because I, I looked into the Bible and the very first encounter I had with God in Genesis was God of abundance. I saw how God created a man, how he created a garden and planted all sorts of trees, brought forth rivers that had gold, precious stones in it and he put the man in there and he called that garden Eden. Eden, luxury, lush. Glory. And that man lived in there? And you want to tell me 
that Eden is not God's dream for you? Jesus told the man on the cross who asked forgiveness. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you today, you shall be with me in paradise. In paradise? In, in paradise? A place of no pain? Excuse me? A, a place of, of no pain? A place of no suffering? A place where everything, everything is filled with God. And God has that place reserved for his people. And do you think God doesn't want me to live that now? The Bible says, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If, if it is his will in heaven for you to live in paradise, that means it is his will for you on earth to live in paradise. The problem is that our logismos, our, our logic centers are malfunctioning. They don't work properly. And so because we don't think right, we don't act right. And because we don't act right, we ultimately don't live right. Because our, our, our thinking processes have been hijacked. They've been hijacked. Say this after me, God wants me wealthy, very wealthy, prosperous and abundant. And, and I will make it, I will make it my life's mission, my life's goal to emulate that ideal. Because it's God's dream for me. Look at Israel. They've been suffering for 400 years, but their father, Abraham, the Bible says God blessed them in all things. At first, the Bible said God had blessed them very much in cattle, in gold, in servants and all that. Toward the end of his life, the Bible says that God blessed Abraham in all things. Satra Higle Grata. My God. That means there was nothing Abraham lacked for. There was nothing he needed. Everything he needed, he had. And only God could give a man that kind of dimension in life. And the Bible tells us that we are the seed of Abraham. That means whatever Abraham was entitled to, we are entitled to. Hafathrahila granskadi. Le kronza, le sanda. I, I need to calm down because I can see I'm, I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself. So th this, is, this is what you should aim for. God wants me wealthy. So being wealthy is my mission. It's my mission statement. Because you, I promise you, it, it's a reality. You cannot serve God effectively without wealth. Poverty is a stumbling block. Poverty is a stumbling block. Lazarus, Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom. The poor Lazarus that was being licked by dogs. Even though he went into the good part, on the other side after he died, he was in Abraham's bosom. Abraham was still landlord. So what makes you think that if you are poor now, you will be rich when you get to heaven? <laughs> what makes you think that? Nobody said that Lazarus was, was rich in Abraham's bosom. He, he, was, he was in the right place, yes. Tr 
true spirituality cannot be separated with wealth. If we, we are to reach the heights of our spiritual objectives, we're going to need the wealth that God promised us. And that's why God said he, he was going to send them out of Egypt with great substance. And it is my, my, my prayer that throughout this conference, the Spirit of God will minister to you. That God will grant you the grace to come out with great substance. To face life with great substance. Because let me tell you something, there is an anointing that is being ministered by the Spirit specifically for this purpose. Specifically for this purpose. And I hope you take advantage of it. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Oh, Satharhida. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear Lord. Praise God. I don't even know. Oh, I wanted to read you something, but I, I, I don't even know now because I lost my train of thought. Help me, Holy Ghost. Yeah. Deuteronomy. Chapter. Chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Hallelujah. Praise God. Deuteronomy chapter 11. He says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and have full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied. And all that you have is multiplied. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rocks? Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end? Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Now, <laughs> it's ironic because Many people can't even say that they've forgotten God in their multiplication and in their abundance because 
they haven't reached that level. So many can't say my, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this world because they forgot God even before God brought them into that dimension. So it, it's clear that the secret to the providence of wealth, prosperity, abundance, multiplication, security, lies in the remembrance of God. That is pursuing his commandments, pursuing his word. So in reality, the secret into the storehouses of wealth, favor, abundance lies in fulfilling the word of God, in doing and obeying the word of God. So every time we live our lives contrary to the statutes and commandments that God has prescribed for us, we are forgetting God. We are forgetting the source. So he, he, he warns them, he cautions them against this. And it's, 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 a very common, it's a very common characteristic among people. That's, that, that once people reach a certain level in life, they begin thinking that it is them. It is my power and the might of my hand that have gained me this wealth. Now, the word there is koah, right? Really, what, what the word there really infers is, is capacity. Is capacity. Is ability. So he said, you, sh you should not get it twisted to think that the ability that you have received to get wealth came from you. It didn't come from you. Listen to what he said in verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day then it shall be that if by any means you forget the Lord your God and follow after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. So he says there is a capacity. There is a capacity. There is an ability to attain wealth, to get wealth. And he says that ability comes from God. Oh, Oh, I thought God wants us poor. I thought God wants us lacking. I thought God wants us needy and suffering. But God just said that I give capacity. I give ability to get wealth. That means if you don't have it, God hasn't given it to you. Because there is a capacity there is an ability to make wealth. There's an ability. No doubt about it because there are people today who are wealthy. Now, I'm not talking about the corrupt ways of getting wealthy because the Bible says the wicked have accrued their riches through wicked schemes and through corruption. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those who, who have done honest work to rise up in this life. 
And he says they should remember that that capacity, that ability to make that wealth came from God. It is God who made them, who gave them the capacity. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. What good news to know that there's an ability that I can receive from God. There's, there's a capacity that I can receive from God to go and make wealth. It is I who gives you power, glory, who gives you power to make wealth. So making wealth is possible. It's a question of ability. And the ability through the context of scripture is, is extracted from remembering the Lord. And to remember the Lord means to obey and follow and do his word. So those who obey and follow and do his word will receive capacity will receive ability to make wealth. So if you don't follow God's word for wealth, God's word for abundance, God's word for prosperity, you'll never see it. So we are disobeying God by not being prosperous. We are disobeying God. It's proof. Our poverty, our lack is proof that we are in disobedience. We are in direct violation to the word of God. Because the word of God, the voice of God is prosperity. God said to Adam, he said, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, including the tree of life. But of the tree of knowledge of good, thou shalt not eat, for the day you eat of it, you shall die. So everything hinged on the command and Adam's ability to obey it. So we can deduce from what God is saying here and what happened in Genesis that Adam's failure to obey God was a direct consequence of his poverty and being driven out because the Bible says that cursed is the ground for thy sake. <laughs> cursed is the ground for thy sake. And out of the sweat of thy brow thou shalt eat. Why? Because the capacity of the earth to produce was removed. So Adam now needed to toil the sweat of his brow in order for him to eat in order for the ground now to yield. So it was work, twice the work, if not 10 times, if not more, work he needed to do in order for him to eat. Why are you sweating like Abraham? I mean like Adam. Why are you sweating? You're working and you're reaping thorns and thistles. Thorns and thistles, left, right and center. You're being thorned, scorched. You are laboring, but you are bleeding. Yet there's a capacity, yet there's an ability. 
the ability. He says, it is I who gives. He says, you shall remember. That, that is the key. You shall remember the Lord your God. And he said in verse 11, how to remember the Lord your God. He said, by doing, by following his commandments. That's how you follow. That's how you remember the Lord your God. So the, the lack of remembrance of the Lord is what makes the capacity and ability absent in your life. So if you don't remember God, if you can't remember God, you really can't receive the capacity, the ability. Because he says, the ability to make wealth comes from me. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. Oh, let's read something. Let's read something in First Chronicles chapter 29. First Chronicles chapter 29. Glory to God, hallelujah. Therefore David, verse 10, Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of heaven, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Verse 12. Both riches, Sathrahatakita. Both riches. Mm, both riches, both wealth and honor come from you. You see where wealth comes from? Well, wealth is not satanic. <laughs> Wealth is not satanic. It is godly. It is a godly thing to be wealthy. It is a godly, wealth is a godly pursuit. Why? Because they come from God. It is like a child seeking milk from the breasts of their mother. Yes, that's where their nourishment comes from. And that's what Al-Shaddai says. I'm, 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 I'm the mighty and breasted God. That means the wealth originates from God. It's an idea of God. So, don't be surprised when you see sinners reflecting more of this ideal than Christians. Because Christians think that wealth is a worldly thing. No, wealth is a, world, is a godly thing. It's a godly thing. There's nothing wrong with having money because money only amplifies who you are. The less money you have, the less people know you. The more money you have, the more you're known. That's why most people with money are known. Not because they publicize themselves, but because money amplifies you. Imagine a man anointed by God without money. God's voice, God's ability, God's purposes in him 
are locked in. So God says, he says, both wealth, riches and honor come from you. And you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great. And give strength to all. You have to believe that God wants you wealthy. You have to believe that God wants you very rich. And you've got to pursue that ideal. You've got to pursue that ideal. You've got to. Because until you believe, you are not prepared to receive. You're not, you are not prepared to live in that reality. You shall remember the Lord your God. You, you shall remember. You shall remember the Lord your God. Hmm. That means it's an exercise of the mind. It's an exercise of the mind. The remembrance of God is an exercise of the mind. It's an exercise of the soul. To consciously, deliberately assimilate the words, the commandments, the statutes of God in your life. So without that remembrance, to receive the ability and capacity, it's going to be very difficult. So you may be listening to me and say, Pastor, I don't have capacity. I don't have ability to make wealth. Well, your mind is not exercising. Remembering the Lord. You, you, you are not exercising your mind consciously, deliberately in remembering the voice of the Lord, the word of the Lord. What is it that God has said about abundance, about wealth, about prosperity? And forgive me because you want to hear these, these words because I want them to imprint into your mind until, until wealth consciousness, abundant consciousness, prosperity consciousness becomes a part of you. And I know some of you are going to make you feel uncomfortable. How can this pastor just be saying this all the time? Is, is, there, is, is there not more to prosperity? Is there not more to wealth? It, obviously there is. I'm not saying there's not. But listen, we have a subject to discuss here. When you're at school, you're discussing science and you, you're, you're in maths teacher. Maths teacher is not going to discuss Afrikaans with you. Maths teacher is not going to discuss another teacher's subject with you. We're dealing with one subject. So everything prosperity, well, well he's, she or, he or she's going to deal with that subject as though no other subject exists. And you've, you've got to learn to compartmentalize all these things. We're dealing with wealth here. Yeah, talk about holiness. Yeah, we'll talk about holiness at some other time. We'll talk about other subjects at some other times. And in me talking to you, sharing with you about the ideas and concepts of wealth and prosperity as discussed in the Word of God does not diminish or undermine every other subject in the Word of God. 
And I'm not saying at the expense of every other, uh, at the expense of uh, 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 other, this subject deprioritize every other subject. No, that's not what I'm saying. But you need to learn to focus. You need to learn to focus. And you need to learn to understand that wealth, riches, abundance, they are prioritization. And you will see as I unveil the scriptures to you, how clear this thing is and has been from the word of God. It is, it is something you must prioritize. You, you must prioritize because to God it is a priority. Because God understands that your effectiveness in this world as a representation of God relies, I mean depends on your ability to access and express wealth. Because without it, you can fully express God. You can fully become a representation of God. Yes, the Bible says that Jesus, the Lamb, was slain to receive. We'll read it. <laughs> we'll read it in the, next, in the next session. But the Bible says he was slain to receive riches. That means he died so that he might gain riches. Hey, I didn't write the Bible. I didn't write it. That's what the Bible says, that he was slain. Maybe we should read it. Let us, let, let us read it. Lest some other people say, no, heresy. Heresy, heretics. Heretics. <laughs> oh well. I'd rather be a heretic believing God's word than believing you. Because I'm not, I'm not going to be a slave to the opinions of man. Listen, it's a danger to be enslaved to the opinions of man. To be a prisoner of the opinions of man, it's a danger. Because man is like the wind. He, he changes, he shifts. One moment they say, look, look at what they did to, 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 Paul, uh, 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 to Paul and, and, uh, and Barnabas. One moment they, they say they Zeus. They say, oh, these are Apollos. The next moment they're stoning them to death. It's people. And if, if you're going to succumb and enslaved by the opinions, you're not going to do much in life. So I, I'd rather be labeled a heretic believing God's word than not. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's look at uh, Revelation chapter 5, verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and Glory and blessing. Did you miss it? Did you miss it? Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches. He was slain to receive power and riches. Question, did he receive the power? Yes, the Bible says that he was obedient even to the point of death. Therefore, God had highly exalted him and given him a name. That's power above every other name that had the name of Jesus. Every knee 
must bow and every mouth confess that Jesus is, 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 is Lord to the glory of God. So if he has power, and Jesus said it himself, right? All, all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He said it. He said it. All power has been given to me in heaven and in earth. If he's received the power, he's received the riches. So I, 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 I ask you, I confer a question to you. Who is the richest person on earth? Remember, Jesus is a human. Who is the richest human being to ever live? I will tell you, it is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus said, a greater than Solomon has come. And God said to Solomon, he said, because you have not asked for this and this and this and this. He says, along with wisdom, I give you riches such that there is no man who is before you nor after you that shall be richer than you. And Jesus said, a greater than Solomon is here. So we know historically, Solomon is the greatest man to ever live until Jesus. Jesus is the richest man to ever live. Yes. His, his wealth is unquantifiable. The Bible says, Paul says, he has been sent to preach the unsearchable, the unfathomable riches of Christ. It's wealth past finding out. Wealth past finding out. The unsearchable, that means you, you, you can't search. You can't discover how rich he is. He's rich beyond measure. And guess what? I, I, I am a member. I am a member of his flesh, his body, and bones. He is the vine. I am the branch. As he is, so am I in this world. So if Jesus is the richest person on earth, that means that I, by default, am the richest person on earth. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm going to let that sink in for the night and we'll continue tomorrow. God bless you. I trust you are blessed. Good night.